From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Sarcoidosis is an inflammatory lung disease that can affect not only the lungs, but the skin, eyes, heart, brain, and bones, any organ in the body. In many ways, the disease remains a mystery. Here in the HealthLink on Air studio to help explain it is Dr. Barindra Saw. He's a pulmonologist and clinical assistant professor of medicine at Upstate and also the director of the sarcoidosis program. Welcome to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Saw. Thank you for having me, Amber. So how and when do most people learn that they have sarcoidosis? Some of the people, they come to know about sarcoidosis when they get a chest x-ray for some other reason, like for physical exam or uh, some people will fall and will have a shoulder x-ray done and that can show sometime enlarged lymph nodes and that's how they get suspected to have sarcoidosis. Uh, Some people, they come to know uh, about sarcoidosis when they present with some symptoms like uh, shortness of breath or uh, vision problem or skin rashes or other symptoms of affected uh, organs. So you might have it and not know you have it because you don't have symptoms. Yeah, if so. you do not have symptoms, you can still have sarcoidosis. Uh, and um, uh, generally that's you know detected by a test, chest x-ray or biopsy. So it's a disease of the immune system, an overreaction of the immune system. What, what causes that to happen? What causes sarcoidosis? Uh, so far, we do not exactly know what causes sarcoidosis, but this is thought to be related to overreaction of immune system in the people uh, who are you know, at risk of uh, you know, uh, genetic um, uh, mutation or like... Um, um, they have certain genetic makeup, and when they get exposed to certain trigger factors, that results into overreaction of immune systems. So genes play a, a exactly. part. Yeah, yeah there's some genetic role. Okay. Um, what are, is it just one gene, or are there more than one? Oh, there are gene? many. The, there are many uh, genes have been identified, but none, you know, none of them are definite so far. We're still working on it. There's so many researches going on. So if you have the, one of these genes or some of these genes, a trigger might be um, chemical exposure or what are some of the triggers that so the are typical? Trigger factors could be bacterial infection, could be fungal infection, could be exposure to some types of chemicals. Okay. All right. And as I understand it, the disease um, in the body causes granulomas. Yep. What is that? So the granulomas are a small cluster of inflammatory cells which are formed uh, due to overreaction of immune system causing uh, uh, you know, the formation of the cluster of inflammatory cells. And those granulomas are the, you know, the game player in sarcoidosis. Uh, if uh, the patients uh, have uh, several granulomas built up in an organ, that uh, can cause uh, dysfunction of that organ or can cause destruction of that organ leading to symptoms. So that's why they're dangerous because yeah. they can impair yeah. the whatever organ if you're talking about the, the brain or the heart or the eyes. or Exactly. Okay. So is there any way to predict who might have sarcoid? Uh, right now there is no definite way to predict, but the people with certain risk factors, you know, can be at high risk of developing sarcoidosis. So what are the risk factors? The risk factors uh, could be, uh, you know, exposure to, as I said, could be occupational, could be 
environmental risk factors, and uh, environmental risk factors are uh, people who handle insecticides, uh, some inorganic particles, people living in moldy or mildew environment, uh, those are the environmental, and the occupational could be people working in metalworking factory, nav navy sweep, uh, and the firefighters. Um, you know, the people, uh, the, pe the firefighters involved in 9-11 attack, uh, uh, some of them developed sarcoidosis, so that's how we know these factors are associated. We don't know this causes sarcoidosis, but the studies have shown that these factors are associated with increased risk of sarcoidosis. There's been some studies looking yeah. at how many of those first responders developed. Exactly. This is one of the diseases yep. they developed. Yep. For, wow. So uh, does sarcoid run in families? I, I know we said there's a genetic. Yeah, the, it does run in uh, family. Uh, the first degree relatives of the patient with sarcoidosis are at high risk of developing sarcoidosis. Also, the studies have shown that the, uh, you know, twins were at high risk of developing sarcoidosis. If one uh, sibling has sarcoidosis, another will be, another like, sibling will it? be at high risk of. So that suggests some familial association. So, is there a genetic test for it yet? No, as I said before, there's so many genes right now being, uh, you know, thought to be associated with development of sarcoidosis. There are no, there's, you know, there's no definite gene. So. We're not recommending that no test, to test. Um, So it's a it's a disease in the United States. What about the rest of the world? Oh, it's common worldwide, you know, but but it's more common in certain race. Uh, uh, in United States, it's more common in uh, Af people of African descent and Northern European descent. Northern European and African. Yeah. Okay. And does it affect uh, men and women equally? Uh, it uh, omens are slightly at higher risk of developing sarcoidosis than men. All right. This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Barindra Saw. He's a pulmonologist and assistant professor of medicine at Upstate and also the director of the sarcoidosis program. And we're talking about sarcoidosis. I, I wanted to have you explain what the typical course of the disease is. It, it typically shows up in the lungs first. Is yeah, right? the typical, as I said uh, before, the sarcoidosis can affect uh, any organs of the body, but the most common is lungs. 95% uh, of the patient with sarcoidosis will have lung involvement. And also the course of the illness, you know, uh, half of the patients are asymptomatic and half of the patients are symptomatic. All the patients who get diagnosed with sarcoidosis uh, can go into you know, three different directions. They can remain asymptomatic if they were asymptomatic, or their disease can progress to the symptoms. And the patients uh, uh, who are symptomatic, uh, they can, uh, uh, their symptoms can even progress and uh, become chronic. The patients, uh, you know, uh, so one third of the patient uh, will go into remission. After, you know, if they are treated, even if, if they are asymptomatic, they will go into remission without treatment over two to five years. So but the body just heals itself? Heals it, exactly. Wow. And the people uh, who are, one third of the people who are symptomatic, they will go into remission, their symptoms will disappear, and they will never reappear. But even with that, uh, there is small risk of relapse. That means the, the patients who go into remission, 5% of them, can have relapse of disease maybe after five years, 10 years. I have seen patients relapsing after 20 years. 
and that can relapse in different organs. That means if patient had pulmonary sarco sarcoidosis in the lung before, after 15 years, the sarcoidosis can come back in heart, brain. It doesn't have to be the same organ. Is there any way to predict how it, No, unfortunately, we no do way. not have any way to predict, you know, who will relapse uh, and, you know, who will develop chronic form, who will go into remission. There are some studies going on. I'm guessing we also don't know if there's anything that accelerates or decelerates the progression of the disease. No, uh, we no. don't have a clear-cut idea about that. So well, We said it, it remains a mystery. There's a yeah, lot exactly. still to be decided. Exactly. Well, for someone who's suspected of having sarcoid, I've heard it um, described as a diagnosis of exclusion. So walk me through what that means. How do you, how do you diagnose it if you... So diagnosis of sarcoidosis needs, you know, um, biopsy of the affected organs. And uh, in that biopsy, we look for the certain type of inflammation. The granulomas? Granulomas, yeah, granulomatous inflammation. And uh, as I said, this is diagnosis of exclusion because that granulomatous inflammation can be caused by other infections, like fungal infection, like mycobacterial infection. There's some metal called beryllium. If people are getting people get exposed to beryllium, that can cause granulomatous infection too. So we tried, when in the biopsy, the pathologist tried to look for, you know, evidence of those infections, and they will say, oh, and that's how we exclude those infections. If the patient has a history of exposure to beryllium, then we send for a test to rule out that beryllium, you know, granulomatous inflammation due to beryllium, uh, beryllium exposure. So that's how we confirm the diagnosis of sarcoidosis. So you um, send the sample from the biopsy to the lab, and it, yeah. they can actually look at it and see that's exactly. a sarcoid-related. Yeah, okay. Right. So once you have the diagnosis, how do you go about treating it? And I guess it's different depending on which organ, right? Exactly. So the treatment of uh, sarcoidosis depends on severity of symptoms and what organs are affected. Um, the if if the vital organs are affected, like brain, heart, eyes, if we find you know those organs are infected, even patients do not have symptoms, those patients need treatment. Because those organs can't uh, afford can be, to like, have the damage. Can have, it can be you know fatal for the patient if we do not suppress the inflammation. Okay. But the patients who are like you know if the lungs are involved or the skin or bone. Uh, those organs are when those organs are affected. The treatment depends on how severe symptoms are, and how uh, is there um, you know impairment of function on a test like a breathing test for the lungs. Uh, we also check calcium, you know, because sarcoidosis can increase uh, calcium in the body. So we also check for calcium. Even patients who do not, uh, you know, if the calcium is very high, that can lead to other you know other organ damage like kidney. So we decide to treat them. If patients are not symptomatic, we just watch them, monitor them. But they, those patients need close monitoring with, you know, every three to six months follow-up. We screen them every time, you know, uh, with the breathing test. We ask them questions about other system involvement. And then we decide to uh, treat if they are getting worse or if they become symptomatic. So the goal is to suppress the granuloma formation, if, if possible, or to prevent the granulomas from forming, or...? The goal of treatment is to suppress the granulomatous inflammation, and uh, by doing that, we uh, control the symptoms and we further 
prevent uh, further damage to that organs. If, we if there are too many granulomas, there's more destruction of the tissue. So by giving uh, medicine, we try to suppress the granulomatous, you know, granuloma formation. So are there medicines um, to yeah. treat? Yeah, there are treatments. You know, the first-line treatment of sarcoidosis is corticosteroid, uh, like prednisone-like medicine. And, uh, and then there are other uh, immunosuppressive medications uh, we use to treat sarcoidosis. To suppress the immune system, because again, this is a, an immune system disorder where the immune system is overreacting, right? Exactly. So these medic the mechanism of these medications are to suppress the immune system and inflammation. Doesn't that cause more problems for the patient in terms of if they have a lower immunity, they might catch colds and other diseases? Yeah, they can cause. As you said, you know, our, our immune system uh, fights with the infection. And uh, sarcoidosis is overreactive immune system. So treatment is to suppress the immune system. And other, you know, apart from treating sarcoidosis, if your immune system is suppressed, the body of that person is not able to, may not be able to fight enough with infections. So they're at risk of developing in infections. And the other side effect of the medications too, like you know, prednisone, it increases uh, blood sugar, hypertension, it causes weight gain in the long term. It can, you know, make your bone weak and, you know, all those kind of uh, side effects. So it sounds like this is a chronic disease that needs um, pretty pretty constant medical oversight exactly. for, for some patients at exactly, least. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, so um, these patients need very close follow-up. And because they are at risk of developing side effects, we also need to decide, uh, you know, how much this is the, we always try to keep balance between risk and benefit. Uh, as we said, sarcoidosis can go into remission without treatment, or uh, you know they may not need higher dose of steroids. So we try to see: okay, are patients developing side effects of, from these medications? Are patients on the higher dose of steroid? Do do the do that patient need this higher dose? Can we drop the prednisone down? Uh, so they do need close observation and close follow up. Wow. So what sort of doctor does someone go to if they have sarcoidosis? Do they see a pulmonologist such as yourself? So, um, you know, sarcoidosis affects uh, uh, lungs in 95% of the patients. So we as a pulmonologist know much more about sarcoidosis compared to other specialists. Uh, if the patient gets diagnosed with sarcoidosis, you know, this I will recommend them to find a physician who is specialized in sarcoidosis in that area. And... Uh, there are some websites, uh, um, you know, sarcoidosis foundations to look at. The reason I'm saying that uh, the patients with multi-system sarcoidosis, that means if they have multiple organs affected, uh, sometimes they get confused uh, because they are seeing a cardiologist who is treating cardiac sarcoidosis. They are seeing a pulmonologist who is treating eye sarcoidosis. They're seeing a pulmonologist, they're seeing nephrologist and all that thing. And uh, different physicians are giving different recommendations. And sometimes the patients get confused. So if they go to a, uh, a sarcoid specialist, that person can coordinate the care with all the subspecialties, okay. and that can help to treat that patient's sarcoidosis better. Well, thank you so much for sharing this information. I think it's been very informative for our listeners. Well, thank you, Amber. Thank you for having me. My guest has been Dr. Barindra Saw, an assistant professor of medicine and pulmonologist at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.